Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. What well, was five degrees this morning? Wasn't it? It was chilly out there. I thought I'd share with you this morning. This is my bad boy. This is my security blanket. This is uh, anyone else got a security blanket? One of these these things that we go. If this is my go-to, if if I am inside this thing, then all is right with the world. I just disappear. I just snuggle up into this, watch an 80s movie, life is good. Uh, we've all got security blankets, right? May not look like this. Certainly won't look like this. The, the security blankets that we've got a problem with, the, it, it won't look like this. We've all got security blankets, those things that we think if we have, then all is right with the world. You might have a security blanket that looks like a certain bank account balance, or it might be a certain level of security. It might be a certain type of house. It might be living in a certain area. It might be a relationship or a type of relationship that you've got. You've, you've got these things, right? We've all got security blankets, those things that we think that we have to have in, in order for everything to be right with the world. Wouldn't you agree? What's yours? Do you know what your security blankets are? That's half the problem as we've been working out in this series about idolatry or idols. Idols are not things made of stone or wood. Idols are security blankets. Those things that we have to have in order to feel like everything is okay. And part of the reason that we do this and we attach to these things it's because, as Dallas Willard says, most of our life is spent trying to avoid or run away from pain. It's why we do what we do with this stuff. It's why the painkillers of our society, it's not Panadol, but places and people and Porsches and Prada. <laughs> Have you noticed how people, we use these things? Just talking for a friend here. Uh, we use these things in order to numb ourselves from uh, the pain that comes along in the world. These become what we call comfort idols. Comfort idols are those things that we think that we have to have to convince ourselves that life will be okay. And do you want to know, um, anyone want Gold Star from the pastor this morning? Who could name the biggest comfort idol in 2020, 2021? Anyone want to have a guess? iPhone, close, Dave. Here's my take on the biggest comfort idol in 2020. Toilet paper. <laughs> right? <laughs> toilet paper. If I've got toilet paper, the world is okay. <laughs> right? It's crazy. <laughs> anyone here like me kind of feeling half guilty? Anyone, anyone do one of those buys at the shop that you don't want to quite, quite admit? Did, did anyone here courageous enough to put their hand up to say, yeah, I, I had a moment where I, I, chucked, I chucked an extra bunch of rolls in this. <laughs> the toilet paper shows us exactly what idols are and shows us how prevalent idols are in our society when we see it for what it is. Toilet paper. 20 cents worth and we feel like the world is okay. Because if life is spent constantly trying to avoid pain, then we will constantly seek out the things that lead us back to that which is comfortable. And we know that 
that we can feel uncomfortable and and that that life is really not comfortable and yet we keep finding ourselves coming back to these silly little things that we think will make the world feel okay it's why c.s lewis in his book the problem of pain which i picked up to study for this message and then i just haven't been able to put it down he says his description of it as to why we go back to these things. He says, I behave like a puppy when the hated bath is over. I shake myself as dry as I can and race off to reacquire my comfortable dirtiness, if not in the nearest manure heap, at least in the nearest flower bed. (laughs) This sense that we think these things, if we've got them, will make the world okay, but we know that they really don't. We want to get back to comfortable. And so this morning, I want to talk about this thing that I, I think it... I don't think it's too soon to talk about coming out of a pandemic, uh, but I want to talk about this dynamic this morning that we often learn best when the pressure is on. More importantly, expectations are everything when it comes to comfort idols. You and I don't choose some of the circumstances in life, but our expectation of our circumstances is everything. Case study. Like, imagine that you go to a, you go to a hotel room and you walk in, and there's there's the room that you walk into, and it, it's um it's it it's got cracked paint on the walls. There's a flickering light. The bedside table's been knocked off. Uh, the floor's grotty. The food. You got a little prepackaged jat on the sideboard. There's just this instant coffee in the place. How how would you how would you react when you go into that room? Well, it depends, doesn't it? It depends whether or not that particular room is a hut that is halfway between a four-day hike somewhere in New Zealand, in which, play, in, which, in which case you'd rejoice. But if it was a honeymoon suite, <laughs> would not be getting a five-star review. Same room, two totally different responses. What's different? The expectations. The, the, the expectations. Okay, another case study then (laughs) what is your expectation of life is it an adventure or a honeymoon suite in other words do you expect life to be comfortable one of the challenges in our western world is we've grown accustomed to comfort and jesus brings us back to reality when we get god's perspective on what god expects human life to be like wouldn't you wouldn't you love it if if god could kind of come down and tell us what he really thinks about this well newsflash he did and we hear from jesus his perspective on life and jesus says in his perspective in life in this world you will have trouble but take heart i've overcome the world says Jesus. And you know what Jesus is saying there? You know what Jesus is saying? He's simply saying, it happens. It happens in life. I didn't ask for it. I didn't want it. I tried to get rid of it. I didn't expect it. But it happens. And all of us have got it situations in our life, don't we? Situations that we didn't ask for, situations that we didn't want, situations that are painful. And Jesus is just real and raw about life. He's saying, if you're a bit upset that life is not fair or life is not right, well, it happens. It happens all the time. (laughs) And the critical piece in all of this is how you respond to the it in your life means everything. 
particularly because, haven't you found, we can, we can use God as a security blanket. Have you met those types of Christians? That's, that's the type of Christian that says, well, you know, if, if God is with me, if God's covering is upon me, then bad things won't happen to me. Which is kind of fine until this. Like, what, what happens when God doesn't show up? What happens when God doesn't stop the it circumstances in your life? Uh, reminds me of a fascinating interview that I had. I saw uh, with my favourite jazz pianist, outside of Sam McNally, of course. <laughs> um, Mike Nock, he's an Australian jazz pianist. Sam, Sam knows him. And he was in a fascinating interview that said, it was titled, Where, When Music Became My Religion. And so Mike was talking in this interview about the situation where he first turned to jazz music, became one of the best in the world. And he said it was the moment where his father was gravely ill. And he said, I was always kind of a religious person. And my father was ill and we called the doctor and he said that night I prayed to God, I prayed to God, God would you heal him, will you make him better? And the doctor came in, gave him an injection and he died that night. Mike then says, it was from that day forth that I decided to make music my religion. In other words, can you see what's happened? The response in that is that he swapped God out for music. And if I can... If I can control the keys, if I can control the music, if I can derive a sense of beauty and wonder and rightness and okayness in the world through my music, then life would be okay. Substitutes. We swap God out for things, pseudo-gods, that we think will make the world be okay. But if you're anything like me, do you feel that nagging sense of fragility in life that we kind of know no, no matter how much we bash on the keys or no matter how many different things we get in order to make ourselves feel comfortable they kind of feel fragile we know that at any moment these things can get stripped from us and i think that's what the last couple of years has represented for all of us right that we know that suddenly in the midst of lockdowns and craziness in the world that the things that we use to make ourselves okay are really not that strong and how we respond to when these things are taken away from us are everything. And so there are two ways to respond. You can either do it the Mike Knock way, find a pseudo-God, music, food, places, people, things. You can, just, you can just subordinate them and use them in order to garner a sense of okayness with the world. Or you can discover the deep mystery of Christianity that this guy Paul discovered. Uh, Paul was one of the first followers of Jesus. He tried to kill Christians. Uh, he then saw Jesus alive again and goes off and becomes one of the greatest evangelists in the world. Time magazine puts him just behind Jesus Christ as one of the most influential people in the world. Uh, Paul himself is probably outside of Jesus, the one that is most responsible for the explosion of the church. And Paul had been shipwrecked and Paul had been stoned and Paul had been left alone and Paul was without money. <laughs> in other words, Paul had... All the things done to him that scared the absolute daylights out of you and I. <laughs> in other words, Paul was the sort of guy who had experienced all of the things that terrify you and I. Sickness, threats of violence, rejection, loneliness. And here's his summary. You know what? You want to read his summary of, of what it's like on the other side of that? You interested in hearing this? Here's what he says. Praise be to God. And Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all compassion and the God of all comfort, who 
comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, he's starting to sound like Jesus. It's not if suffering happens, it's when suffering happens. If we share in that, then so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we're distressed, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we're comforted, it's for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in all our sufferings, you also share in our comfort. There's something off the charts here that Christians have that the watching world doesn't have. Can you see how that both the suffering and the comfort exist at the same time? And I think the secret in that is that Paul had discovered this, that what God said to him, what God said through Jesus, what Jesus was saying to us, what he says to us this morning is that God says, I, I promise you this, I, I didn't promise you comfort from your circumstances, I promise you comfort in your circumstances. The difference is everything. Because I think for you and I, we, we, we kind of want the former. Lord, can you just take this away from me? That's how most of us pray, right? That's, that's how if I'm real in a non-spiritual way, that's, that's my average prayer life. Lord, can you just take this uncomfortable thing out of my life? Anyone willing to admit the, the, that's the way we pray? Most of us want the former. God, just get rid of this. And yet there's something deep within inside us that kind of knows that we know, whether you're a Christian or not this morning, that we would like the latter, that we would like the comfort in our circumstances. Um, and I know that you know this. Like, Haven't you found that the sort of people that you find the most inspiring, the sort of people that impress you the most, the sort of people that you were drawn to are the sort of people that have been through the sufferings and are better for it? Have you noticed that? They're the weighty ones. They're the steady ones. They're the interesting ones. Not the floaty ones. Not the light ones. We like people that have, have been through that, that have understood and felt God in the midst of their comfort. I was, I was chatting to a Northsider this week as, as I was coaching him through some stuff. And he's been through the loss of the sort of things that would terrify you and I. And it has been terrifying for him. And yet we've been journeying together. We're into six or eight weeks since this has happened in his life. And he's joyful and he's smiling. And I asked him the question this week. I said, did it terrify you back then? And he said, yeah, of course it did. Of course it terrified me that, that this was going to be gone in my life. And, and I, I said to him, but are you glad that you've gone through it? Can you sense God has been with you in all of this? And he smiled and he said, I think we both know the answer to that question. <laughs> the point being is that there's many of you in this place. When I see your faces, I know that you have experienced this deep mystery. That you've experienced God in your troubles. You've prayed that it would go away and it didn't and he didn't deliver. And yet you've discovered the deep mystery of Christianity that you find God's comfort in your troubles. Here's the problem for me though. I don't think most of us get to that point where we truly experience the comfort of God and the supernatural power of that comfort in our troubles because to get to that point is just flippin' scary. Have you noticed that? I think something happens like... Our, our security blankets, our comfort idols, kind of hijack the process. 
we kind of know that the comfort of God is in there in the midst of the troubles and we go there and we try really hard and at the very last minute we just like <laughs> we just that's just how we do life and we kind of know it's there What if, what if instead of just avoiding the trouble, we can embrace the fact that we learn the best in the trouble? It's not fun. I know it's not fun for some of you. I know some of you are going through that at the moment. Speak to people like that. Spoke to someone last Sunday over over lunch that's exploring Christianity told me of terrible tragedies in their life it happens it happens but we learn we learn better and if you don't take my word for it take Nikki Lauda's word for it Formula One champion Nikki Lauda always said I don't mind losing I always learned twice as much when I lost than when I won and he won a lot more spiritually, Pete Scazzaro, a preacher from New York, says, Loss is much more than an emotion, but a skill or a tool that you learn to use, and it takes tremendous strength to turn towards grief and loss. Maybe we just learn best when we are uncomfortable. <laughs> That's why James, the brother of Jesus, can say, Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kind, because what he's saying is you're getting set up for a learning lesson. And you're going to learn, learn well. Um, God's going to speak to you in ways that he won't when things are going well. Because when we're underneath our comfort idols, we're stuck to the television, we're stuck to the things that we like. And let's be honest, our eyes are not on God. And so how do we learn in these moments when life is difficult and tough? More importantly, how do we learn before life gets tough? And just two questions this morning. I want you to ask this. Um, the question you've got to ask yourself is, what have I been doing that almost led to my undoing? And what should I begin doing that I should have been doing all along? I'll say that again. What have I been doing that almost led to my undoing? And what should I begin doing that I should have been doing all along? What have I been doing that almost led to my undoing? What I mean by that is the way that you work out if you've got a comfort idol in your life is just watch your emotional reaction when someone strips the security blankets from you. In fact, you may not even know it's a security blanket. So here's how you'll know if it's a security blanket. If someone takes something from you or life takes something from you, do you get angry, fearful or anxious? Write this down if you're a note-taking person. What things make me angry, fearful or anxious? Trace that to its source and you'll find your lovely little comfort idol. <laughs> What should I be doing that, what have I been doing that I, I shouldn't have been doing? You trace that down there. More importantly, you might ask yourself, what is my framework? What is my view? What has my expectation of life been? Have I expected comfort? And is life getting me down or surprising me in the suffering because I expected life to be a honeymoon suite? <laughs> Jesus says, it happens. It happens. Second question then is, what should I begin doing that I should have been doing all along? You know what? Some of you, I know this morning, are crazy enough to subject yourself to pain in order to grow. And you do it 
You do it week in, week out. In fact, you do it multiple times a week. You even pay money to do this, which is just so ridiculous. But you go to these places called gyms, right? And you understand the process that there can be growth in the midst of pain. That you can actively move in and do things that are painful in order to set yourself up for a strength in life at a later point in time. If you can do that in the gym, why can't we do that in the spiritual gym? In other words, what things should I be doing now that will set me up for those moments? Not the if moments, but the when moments, that the it moments happen in life. And the way that I do it, the way that I do it is I come out from my blanket and I say, you're a nice thing and you're a good thing. Because remember, idols, idols need to be good things in order to become idols. Importantly, you need to know that these things that are our comfort idols, places and people and cars and all that, they're good things. We're not one of these places that's saying, oh my goodness, shun the world. You know, that's, that's not the way that Christianity talks. Christianity says, these are good things that have become an ultimate thing in your life. These are good things that have become God in your life. So what you have to do is you just have to talk to your idols. And you say, you're, you're a nice thing, but you're not my everything. You're a nice thing but not my everything. See, once you've identified your idol, you have to talk to it and say, you're nice, but you're not my everything. You're nice, but not my everything. Practically with comfort idols, it means some of you, myself included, we go through a crazy process called giving because we know that money is often the vehicle to building comfort idols in our life. And so, so many of you Northsiders crazily, actively, move into the process of giving away the things that could lead to your comfort. And you deliberately make yourself uncomfortable in order to not just pay at lip service, but to declare to yourself and to God, this is a nice thing, but it's not my everything. C.S. Lewis talks about the tension that is going to be there for you and I this morning in all of this. Right? Because if you're anything like me, there is everything I want to do just to come back to this. Uh, we've preached about it for 20 minutes, but it's just so nice, isn't it? It's just cozy. And there are these things that are going to be in our lives. The minute we walk out these doors, they're just, they're just things that you and I are going to want to go back to. C.S. Lewis understood this. He said, But the moment the threat is withdrawn, my whole nature leaps back to the toys. God has had me but for 48 hours and then by only dint of taking everything else away from me. And so I don't know, I just put it this morning is, why, why would we wait for life to strip these things away from us for us to learn the lesson? <laughs> they're, just, they're just good things. They're not God things. And so let's strip them out of the place in our hearts before we get to that. And so if you're doing well this morning, it simply means this. If you're doing well this morning, do you have a tendency to go to the toys? What are the toys? Do you know that in your life? Remember last week and the week before, Kristen said, idols play hide and seek. You have to constantly be watching and asking yourself, what is it about my emotional reaction to this situation and could there be an idol lurking beneath this? Do you go back to the toys? Do you know what your toys are? But more importantly, if you're not doing so well this morning, if you are someone that's in the midst of pain and loss, things of comfort have been stripped from you, a job, savings that you've had, because we've just been through the last couple of years that we've been through, that thing that's given you the sense that all is going to be okay with the world. I ask you this this morning, how would, how would someone in your situation act if they are convinced that God was with them? 
because he is with us. I hate to burst your bubble, but Jesus was clear. In this world, it happens. I didn't ask for it. I didn't want it. I didn't expect it. But more importantly, you can spend your life trying to avoid it and run from it and deal with it and rationalize it. Or you can embrace it, knowing that mysteriously when, not if, but when these things are stripped from your life, toilet paper included, (laughs) when these things are stripped from your life, it's possible that you're not despondent. Instead, and instead of reaching for our security blankets, maybe just maybe that's a window into that opportunity to truly and scarily experience the comfort of God that Paul has talked about. Let's pray. Lord God, I'd ask in this moment that you would minister to each of us, that you would be bringing to our mind's eye whether we are follower of you or not Lord Jesus are those things to which we turn to those things to which we think we have to have and the world would be okay I'm praying in this moment that there would be courageous hearts hearts that are willing to turn towards and embrace those difficult moments in life We invite you now, Holy Spirit, to come and to speak to us and to teach us. We stop and recognize in this moment that what I've been talking about this morning is different for every single one of us. For such is the nuance and the complexity and the beauty of these precious human hearts. Lord, we want to stand firm. We don't want to be thrashed around by these things. So I pray in this moment that your spirit would help us to look to you. To consider you, Lord Jesus, the the hyper-echo, the surpassing greatness, the superior thing the ultimate security blanket. Not one that will cotton wool us through a life free from pain and hardship. But promises, not just because the word says, but because I've seen it in the lives of the people in front of me. Promises that you will be with us. We want to experience that. But before we ask for it, would you prepare us for the reality and the answer to that. So we commit this time to you now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I always loved the fact that the God that we talk about was always willing to swallow his own medicine. It's not like the the guy was being cliched. I I love the fact and the rawness in Jesus Christ, particularly if you're not a follower of Jesus. I mean... Just comparing to some of the great leaders around the world, like this is not the guy sitting on top of a rock spouting out cliches. He said, in this world you'll have trouble. He said that the night before he would then go and be arrested and then head to the cross. 
And so uh, if you're in that space this morning where uh, life is painful and life is tough, maybe you just need the comfort. Maybe you just need the comfort of knowing that at least he's been through that too. So if you're a follower of Jesus, uh, there is a communion up the back. Feel free to start moving around. If you're not a follower of Jesus or you're watching in or you're online, you're getting a sense of what Christianity is about, um, I, I would say to you just follow Jesus anyway. <laughs> I just love the guy's perspective on life. This is a guy that's real and I feel like his words and what he's said to us this morning is closer to my observations of life than any other religious leader around the world. Um, just read about him, study him, stay with us, join us here. Uh, but we're going to stop and reflect, celebrate the fact that Jesus has already been this through this before us. And when we do, um, that's the way that we take him and we place him back up into that rightful place it's this moment now as you've got some time with god to think of the nice things in your life and declare to it you're you're not my everything let's take communion now For more info and all the latest Northside news and events, visit northsidechurch.org.au or download our app today.